Hey, and welcome back to the Other Way Podcast, the best place to tune in for creators, entrepreneurs, and digital nomads. I'm Nick. And I'm David. And I hope you guys are having a great day today. Feels great to also be recording more consistently these days. Me and David, we've been recording week after week. So major improvement right there. We used to be a little bit more sporadic in our recordings. Yeah, I think one of our goals is to sort of do two recordings a month. We just want to make sure that, you know, we're you know doing research and presenting that to all of you folks. Exactly. So for me, I just actually ended my birthday month. It was in the month of August, August the 16th. So some, some friends and I had a mini yacht party over the weekend. A few of us went out to sea. Thailand was actually quite interesting. So our captains were very bored. You know, they were doing this yacht thing day after day, right? So they actually had this idea of kind of like hooking up, you know, those mini flamingo floats where you typically just get onto the float. Two people get onto the float and just like float out in sea. They decided to kind of like rig that up with a speedboat to turn it like a true ride right so was basically kicked off as one of the water spot where two of us would get on and then they will actually bring us out to sea the speedboat will actually turn, do a lot of sharp turns all around and you could see all of us literally like flying in uh, out, out in sea right so there was this time when my float partner was almost giving up then i was just like <laughs> oh my god it was i had to persevere and persevere on and, and stuff like that it was yeah it was crazy but it looks like you had fun <laughs> regardless exactly I think the, the captain had fun as well, like seeing us like struggle at his mercy, right? Mm. So right where the boat was about to arrive back at our yacht, I think he started to turn a few more sharp turns just so to see whether we could fall off the boat. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun. After that, we went uh, back to a suite at the bill. We, we booked a little suite at the bill, nice and chillax, nothing too fancy. And we had some card games and call it a night. I think it's still pretty great that, you know, even though you're sort of in a tiny island nation of Singapore, right, that even people can't travel outside the country, you're still able to sort of, you know, go on a yacht, go on a boat, like travel around. There's still so many things to do in Singapore. So I'm actually, you know, really glad for that. As you know, as for me, you know, being in Georgia, I'm, I'm kind of halfway through my time here. And this country has like so much to offer. It's geographically diverse. Uh, I have a friend finally coming to visit me. And the summer heat's finally subsiding. So I'm sort of like at this kind of halfway point. And it's just been great, like another sort of experience being in a different country, a very different part of the world. And so I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying my time in Georgia. Mm, that's nice. I think it's also nice to see a familiar face, right? For you, you travel around quite often. Seeing a familiar face is actually something I would look forward if I were you as well. So yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get more of my friends to visit though. So it's kind of been a slow process. But you know, I'm, I think finally, <laughs> you know, sort of the posting, the sort of prodding my friends, I finally, I think it's finally working. Mm. I think also it's pretty healthy. I mean, once in a while, while we're working as adults, right, we're working and we're going oh, constantly going on with our days. I think it's also very important for us to learn how to switch off. You know, sometimes I think as to traveling as well as, as to my mini trip over the weekend, I think it's, it's a perfect segue uh, to you know, today's to this topic of the day. And that is the skills that we learn only in the later part of our life, right? So some of these skills are like, for example, it's slowing down. They say life's lessons start once you leave the classroom, right? And then for me personally, I think there was a lot of uh, things that I managed to nurture over the way. I think today we're going to talk a little bit about these things, these life things that we learned only later part in life. So number one, I think a great thing to bring up is learning how to ask for help right i think this is like one of the toughest things to do personally coming from an asian culture right i was innately an introvert so sometimes when i 
talk to people. I have like million things going on in the back of my mind, you know. And asking for help just happens to twofold, threefold that experience. So asking for help sometimes from where I grew up, I think sometimes we we see it as a, as a form of like exploitative culture. But I think it's it's also far from the truth, right? It's only in the recent year that I did learn about uh, the beauty of asking for help. So I think personally, I ask for help a lot. I think that no man is a lone island. So asking for help helps you to accelerate things along the way, right? It helps you to engage people. I've had asked help recently for my job referrals as well. And I think I've gone ahead a lot further than previously when I wasn't asking for help. I also asked for help in running errands, for example. Essentially, I think the central idea around asking for help, instead of looking at it as an exploitative uh, means to get something done, right? I think you can also see it as asking for help helps involve people in your process or your journey. And there is an opportunity to bond and co-share a common struggle or challenge together. Mm. And I think in large corporations or even smaller corporations alike, that's how teamwork is formed, right? Uh, You have a challenge, you get a set of people together, everyone kind of helps each other out in their different functions and you build your relationships through a common struggle and that's kind of like the kind of the formula that makes you feel like uh, you're a part of something bigger yeah i think i particularly you know we're taught to be self-sufficient so it's not necessarily a sign of weakness but more like i could get to the solution by perseverance right so perseverance is the key but sometimes when you're trying to seek out help it is sometimes seeking out wisdom, right? Or advice or trying to get a different perspective on a problem or something that you're trying to solve. So I kind of think of it as like another tool set, right? In terms of like growing, right? Is to ask for help, ask for, seek advice. And I think you brought something really interesting about have people more involved in your life. And so I think that's kind of a very interesting perspective I didn't actually think of before. Mm. I think it's all very integral in our uh, human DNA, right? I think helping another person is naturally like a function of a human. Mm. You generally want to help someone. So I think also that also brings us to our next point is uh, learning to accept help, correct? So learning to ask for help, learning to accept help. I think both ideas are kind of interconnected in some way. So for me personally, you know, like if asking help wasn't tough enough in my earlier days, learning to accept help was equally as complex for me, right? But again, I think this feeling stems really directly on how I viewed asking for help in the early days. If I asked for help from people and I felt that it was exploitative, then receiving help also feels like you're exploiting others essentially. So if you turn around once again, if you look at it in another light, if you can see accepting help as a natural thing while looking up for ways and opportunities to also give back to others, then the meaning of help change for you, right? It becomes a round circle in a sense that if you receive help, and you help others in the same way, you feel actually more connected with others and then you also invite for others to feel connected to you, right? So that there's a very warm thing about asking for help and accepting help, which I think is quite a beautiful thing if you get your mind around it. Do you think a part of it is, you know, learning to keep an open mind when accepting for help? So, you know, I think sometimes people can just ask for help, but when they get it, I think sometimes people just don't do anything with it or they take it or they like dismiss it. So I guess I'm always curious to say like, you know, when I think about this is you almost like relying on people that you trust who is giving the advice, who is helping you out because I think that's actually very important, right? Mm, yes, 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 definitely. I think keeping an open mind is number one in terms of kind of breaching any kind of relationships, right? If you are keeping an open mind, even a stranger that you help can become a friend one day because the moment you offer your help, it's kind of like you're kind of creating an intimate connection because you are adding value to this mm. other person's life, right? And if this person naturally 
wants to offer help back to you in some way, uh, be it like right in the current moment or later part in life, it comes back to you. And essentially, when you help others and someone helps you, what does it form? It's a relationship, right? And this relationship is, is something that is quite warm. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. And I think also for me, like just learning to accept help sometimes to accept the advice or, or what they do for me. I think a part of it is having the mindset of not like not being stubborn about it. Right. Basically checking your ego, what you know, out the door. Right. Just having that having that kind of come to you and learning how to process that. Because I think that's really important because you get that, you know, people are trying to help you, but if you don't want to be helped, then you won't get helped, right? So I think conversely, it's like knowing how to take that help and having it apply proactively in your life, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You, you hit the nail right on the spot as well. Pertaining to this whole help idea, right? I think it can also be used interchangeably in another aspect. So the other aspect is maybe accepting gifts from others, for example, right? Fun fact, I actually always felt awkward receiving gifts from others when I was younger. Also maybe pertaining to maybe Asian culture and also maybe how I used to see what help was, right? But I think these days, accepting gifts from others is also a nice form of feeling connected to others and, and how others are trying to feel connected with you, right? So I think choosing a gift in and of itself is kind of like offering some energy and time to try to connect to you. And when they give that present to you, it's actually a means of love in their hands, from their hands over to you. So actually accepting a gift is a nice form because you know that someone has thought about you in uh, in the course of like choosing a present for you and when you accept that actually it's, it's a form of receiving help or receiving love from their side as well what kind of gifts have you received before in the past perhaps like christmas gifts for example or even even if it's like uh if someone buys me coffee for example mm. right sometimes i'll feel a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's interesting but i think these days it's just like oh you know like yeah. you buying a coffee was really nice gesture i'm gonna buy a coffee yeah. the next time around i get a chance to yeah I, I think a part of it you know prevalently like it exists in asian culture right just to like treat out you know to give people you know, like presents right like material things i guess in in this situation like coffee and like treating for dinner i, I think that's really that resonates with me growing up as well i think part of growing up for me was giving the gift of time right mm. i think that's to me that's very important right like you're you're choosing to sort of you know time is a very precious commodity right and like there's only so many hours in the day so many hours in the week and for you wanting to hang out with someone to like hear what they have to say to actually give your advice right to basically give help get help i think that's that's really important so i always thought for me growing up giving my time was like it, it, to me that was like i think the best gift that i could give someone Mm, that's true actually that's true this also leads us to our next point right which is kind of learning to invest in people right i mean you and i have talked a lot about how we invest in people a lot of times we've talked a lot about investing money in our previous episodes right and i think that was a very inanimate format but i think when it comes to the topic of investing in people it's a lot more qualitative right mm. like how exactly do i invest in people mm. and pertaining to what you just shared investing time i think is is one a uh, huge thing that you can do when you invest invest in people because hey you know like investing your time you get to know a bit more of this person you know i invest my time so that i get to know more of you i invest my time so that i get to maybe find ways to enrich your life you know add a bit more value to your life you know make your days happier because i want to see you smile so things like that is kind of like a form of investing in people and it, it also once again it's around robin right it comes back to you yeah, yeah. I, I think you made up a good point about sort of time is important, but the type of time is, right? Like, 
I think obviously like quality over quantity, right? Because you could like spend hours with a person, but doing social stuff or me being at a club or a bar, but that's not really quality time because you're just not really having the time to get to know someone, right? Because you're so, you're sort of distracted by the environment around you. So I think as I get older, what I've learned is I just love spending my time. I think even, even in smaller groups, right? One-on-ones or just a couple of people. So we actually have the time to get to know each other more and like to build that friendship. And like in a way, right? You're kind of, you're, you're growing together, right? I think that's, that's what's really, really important. That aspect of like investing, right? Like seeing them grow just as you grow like a portfolio, you're, you're growing, you're investing in someone's own personal growth. And I think that's really, really, really like important. And also that's very, very rewarding at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So I think some good examples, I mean, that you listed as well as investing your time in a person, right? Nurturing that person because you see a potential in that person. So, I mean, for me, this could take the form of like a junior, for example, you see a work, you mm-hmm. think that this person has great potential in becoming a people's person a people's manager one day and then you guide him or her to take the different steps so that you build the skill sets and foundation for this person which might one day become a leader of a team right so this is kind of like a nurturing kind of path another another thing that i thought was really nice that you mentioned was also the the investing in friends right sometimes you chance upon someone who is just find a rare connection with and then based on their vibes you know you find that hey they are actually more similar to you than you expected so you invest your time getting to know them build a warmer relationship a very productive kind of relationship and then things happen right i mean you can look at us as for example i i met you first in Penang I thought you were really cool you know like you were doing this fire thing and then you were doing this digital nomad lifestyle I thought hey you know like I would like really like to get to know David better and then look what this yeah yeah we have a podcast yeah, together it's amazing yeah we have a podcast together yeah so you never know what you're getting in it for investing something in, in someone right but I think that's so one of the beauty because things come out of the most uncommon and unusual places and that that's the surprise that you get in life right it makes life interesting as well you know, in a way, right, you're sort of, you think about, you were mentioning about sort of this mentorship, right? And I think that's really important because when we receive mentorship as a person, right, and I've had mentorships, people have given me advice, it's like, it makes me, I've grown and I've, I, and I sort of think to a time when, man, I got so much out of it, that experience that almost in a way, it is like kind of my turn to give back to sort of the next generation, or like you said, the juniors, right? And I think that's really important to think about that in a way, like it comes back to you, right? It's like you were sort of the next generation sort of generation to sort of like live this right and to like give that advice and i think in people who are sort of on the same levels in life right who are who are growing together i think that's also important right i was you were willing to invest in me and i was able to receive that right and i was able to sort of and we were and i at the time like i think i always wanted to like have a more people public facing role and i didn't know how to do that and so you were right because you had that ambition and you were like nudging me along and so in a way that was like a very perfect example of like investing in each other and i think that's really good and that's why we are doing this today Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast right now, feel free to take a snapshot and share it on Instagram. Tag us at the other way cast. Yeah, the share will help us spread the word about our podcast. And if you haven't followed us yet, please do so, so you'll be notified of future episodes. Now, on with the show. Yeah, exactly. And I believe I think both of us, we feel like we are definitely speaking 
a lot better or rather I think we're more confident in, in front of the mic right I mean one day it could be YouTube for example yeah. you know we, we might be producing videos together who knows right but yeah. this is we will. like kind of I, integral I, I, step yeah. yeah we will yeah, I, I think to that even one point about sort of this you know skills based growth right I, I, I think a lot of people feel very anxious about hearing their own voice or hearing seeing themselves on camera but I think through doing this podcast I do not at all feel shy or anxious about hearing my voice anymore. So I, I think that was like a, a positive thing, right? In terms of skill base to come out of messing in each other. Yeah, exactly. And actually just a very fun lateral thought to that, right? I think no superstar podcaster or like superstar YouTuber ever started from doing that superstar quality of work from the start, right? They usually had to start somewhere. And if if, if you were to dig back to their first video or their first uh, podcast episode, you would generally see very awkward <laughs> things that they were doing. Maybe they were just doing things out of their their room, you know, with like very messy. It's, it's not going to be as polished as the current state that they are executing, right? So, I mean, for listeners out there, I mean, if you want to do a podcast, you know, if you are always thinking about maybe learning a new skill, for example, starting a YouTube channel, just go ahead and do it, you know. Just just go ahead and start videoing. If you are not a podcaster right now, start a podcast, you know, start recording something, pushing it out. And over time, it's a compound effect, right? Over time, you will get to a point where, hey, you know, like I've, I've had a one-year experience just playing around, you know, I think I know roughly how th- things works right now. I know how I can build this skill set based based on my personality. Yeah, I think that that's how you grow and then that's how you grow as well into a personality that you can call yourself like a podcaster right now because you have been doing it, right? So go ahead and start. So I think the next the next thing that I thought was a very good skill to point out is uh, number four, learning to accept love. Right. So I think some people have this problem. I don't know if people can relate, but for me, I think I subconsciously used to reject love when it comes in, in a weird way, right? This has got to do with a little bit of problems that I actually faced in the span of my childhood. So mini story right here. I used to be a very reserved little boy, very shy, you know, like very little friends in school. Little friends not because I wasn't liked, but more because I was actually very quiet and really unseen and unheard, right? So I had this recess, Buddy, who my partner up for recess. So basically, this whole buddy system is for us to be accountable for each other before and after recess. So you make it out of the classroom in one piece, you go back in one piece, right? So there was this time when this buddy of mine, he was having like a little keto fight with some other guy, and then it was uh, the end of recess, right? So I actually went over to look for him. I was like, hey, you know, like we need to line up right now because we are going back to the classroom. So this guy was actually in the middle of his fight and he was like, hey, you know, Nick, go away. I don't need you anymore. Logically, this this was quite a like a passing thought, a very random command that, that came out from Kid, you know, when he's just like playing and stuff like that. I definitely know he doesn't mean it. But as a little kid, I think it hit me a little bit hard and it affected me, you know, it affected me for quite a few days, in fact. And I think this subconsciously does went built into my into my mind. I mean, there was also other occasions when uh, you know, being a little reserved little boy in school when kids are all rowdy and running around, you tend to be bullied more often than not. So I had, I had a few cases for like, you know, being bullied as a little quiet little boy. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of formed a barrier over time, right? Uh, I became subconsciously wary of people in a way. And I think in the later part of my life, I would have started making a lot of friends, especially when I went to polytechnic as well as university. But what I realized, I, I always had this 
invisible barrier that prevented me from building an intimate relationship with others. In, in the case that if someone got closer to me, for example, you and I would have hit off really well at the start. And then over time, you know, if, if you feel like we're getting closer, you're, you're telling me more stuff and everything, I would start to move away. I don't know why, but I think this has always prevented me from actually getting closer with uh, people. So this stayed with me all the way to adulthood. Only until recently, then my coach, when we were having dinner one day, right? And then we were just kind of like going to, into this topic because I think that's just what we, we talk about when Dan and I come together. It's just like we talk about very deep issues, right? deep personal issues. And then it was very funny because when I was sharing this story, Dan caught me at a point of time. He was like, okay, I think I know what is going wrong with you. You say that you have a lot of friends, but at the same time, you say you don't feel you can build meaningful connections that feels intimate, right? So he stopped me right there. He was like, Nick, I think you have an automatic reflex, a very micro thought that you are not catching right now. And that micro thought is that whenever someone gets close to you, you are shutting that person away because your micro thought tells you that person either will not love you in a way or will not accept you or may not need you so you see how all the previous stories of my childhood kind of like came together that forms this micro barrier for me right so mm. i was like oh wow yeah at that moment it felt like a relief you know it's kind of like oh my god then you just caught a very micro moment that even i subconsciously didn't know existed but after you caught it, it it was just so interesting right because you just start to realize this whole thought this whole logic was illogical right whatever happened during my primary school days had no effect to what who i was being now and at the same time it was a little kid remark and it has also no effect to how my relationships are with individual people around me right so knowing that was a very powerful thing being more conscious about it from that point onwards really helped me you know like get closer to people because every time there was this micro moment where I was pushing away it, I, I, I managed to pull, pull it back because I, I realized like hey you know I'm not gonna rob my current self of this intimacy I'm trying to accept people around me and I think my relationship really significantly improved with people around yeah very significantly just, I mean, that's a very powerful story. Thank you for sharing. I think learning how to accept love is one of the hardest things to do because I get a sense, right? Like you're the trauma of just, you know, being bullied from time to time, being maybe reserved or just seeing other people when you're younger informed you that maybe you're other, right? That you're, that you, that maybe you didn't deserve love. And, and I think as an adult, like, yeah, I had, I had issues of trauma as well, right? Growing up. And I think, Everyone has it, I think, to some extent, right? No one's free of that, right? When people say that they're completely open, completely accepting, I think that's not true, right? Everyone has some trauma. But I think trust, feeling vulnerable is one of the hardest things to do because you give your, you basically trust someone, right, to kind of, for, for something like a very, very sensitive part of one's emotions or one's history. And I think that's that's hard to do. And I think it's a lifelong process to let people into your life on a not on a casual level but on a very very deep personal level i think that is the challenge that we all have and it's great that i think a part of it is first realizing that when you have a new person or a friend in your life that you're getting closer with and if you're feeling that you're beginning to pull away from it be conscious of it and to understand hey what, what's going on is this repeat of my of my childhood or like just some of the trauma that's being brought up again so i think realizing is the first step and i think you're doing good of correcting course there like allowing these people to to give them that trust in order to come into your life in a way for them to invest in you. 
I think it's also the whole idea of being a whole with with the people around you, right? So I think along the lines of accepting help, giving help, this is also accepting love, giving love. Yeah, I think it goes in a full circle. And once you are part of that eternal circle, I, I would say it's an eternal circle, you will be someone who is happier definitely and and more willing to give to the people around you right yeah exactly it brings up sort of you know what kind of people that you surround yourself right i think exactly so i think the next interesting skill set that we managed to learn as so managing negative energy or negative emotions from other people right i think this is really applicable in every phase of life we experience this negative energy from people at any point of time in that we i think even though it doesn't feel right sometimes i think a lot of times this negative energy emerges when someone tries to project their thoughts and feels on you but it's perfectly normal right and perfectly does not have anything to do with you so i think there was this once my secondary school friend uh used to tell me as well he hates students like me <laughs> right so he was coming from a place of like a rebel in school and whereas uh, for me i was this nerdy <laughs> this nerdy boy you know like always following orders of the of the teachers you know always well liked by the teachers so i think uh from his point of view i could see that there was a, a there's kind of normalcy that he was seeking and he was hoping for everyone to be like him so that he doesn't stand out like a sore thumb right and i think it's actually perfectly fine what he was saying so no need to beat yourself up if someone projects negative energy on you i think instead you know like more powerful way to manage it is how can you approach them with curiosity and get to know them right is it insecurities that they are experiencing is it fear of rejection or fear of sticking out uh, i think once you understand what is causing this negative emotions to come out from this person you are in a better position you know to show love for this person to show help for this person once again right and it, it normalizes the whole experience i would say it's no you're no longer susceptible to being affected because you know it's all projections right uh, that's number one and number two you put yourself in a better position to overcome and help and maybe hold space for this person so you can help this yeah. person you know overcome this negativity yeah that's a challenge i think some of the a lot of the negative energy that i get are from people that i don't even know too well right and so it's always i would sometimes take it very personally i'm like why do you have this why do you have this negative energy towards me i don't even know you too well right and i think you said it correctly right it's a it's a projection of, of some kind of insecurity that they have and that's always the case right i think that's very generous and very gracious of you to sort of give them space in order to get to know them to ask them questions i often found the best way for me is to try to learn how to de-escalate the situation or just disengage, right? Because sometimes it's not conducive, it's not productive to fight fire with fire, right? So if they come with you with a lot of like aggressive energy, the worst thing you could do is to come back at them with aggressive energy. That's not the way to solve things. So I think at the very least, I always tell people, it's just to like learn to disengage. Like, so you say like, thank you, and then just withdraw from the situation. And if you have that emotional capacity is to say, hey, like, I want to get to know, like, hey, why do you feel this way? Like, why do you think this way? I think, and just to approach it with a sense of curiosity and a, a non-judgmentalness because in a way, right, when that person talks with a patronizing attitude or a condescension or raises their voice, you lower your voice. When they talk with a patronizing attitude, you talk with an open attitude. So by de-escalating that, they will feel, hopefully, right, they will bring down the tone. So I think that's actually really important as well. But that's really hard because I think we have this like fight or flight. And for a lot of people, it's like fight, right? It's, it's game on. But I, I think sometimes that's just not very uh, conducive. Yeah, perfectly makes sense, right? And again, I think it's also got to do with the whole 
idea of if someone feels like you're invalidating them, right? So naturally, if, if someone feels like you are invalidating them because of your presence or even if, if it's something that you're doing that makes them feel like they stick out like a sore thumb, most likely they will find fault with you, right? And that's where the negative energy will start to affect you as well, right? So I think it's, it's all about keeping composure. I think it's never someone's idea to want to, you know, spread negativity to you, but sometimes they don't know how to help it. They don't know how to process it. So I think it's all in our responsibilities to try and find out what, what's wrong with the person and, and how, how can we help this person? So it becomes like a, a community effort, right? And building positive relationships as well, even if it's with your enemies in that yeah. sense. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Rightly said. Yep. So I think probably the, one of the most important last skill set that we would like to highlight is learning to switch off, right? Like I said, we live in an amazing time where everything is hyper-connected, you know, always on, always available, right? It's kind of difficult to, you know, switch off when your phone is always there, you know, when when work can easily be replied in the next like one, two seconds by opening up your email. For me, I think it's very important skill, especially when we grow up, you know, once we go to work, it is more and more tough to switch off, right? So for me, I have a little bit of a technique to share. I use a sound to help myself switch off. So it's, it's the same as in the day, right? The moment I wake up and I want to be productive for the day, I generally turn on lo-fi music. So this can easily be found on YouTube. Just type lo-fi music and then you get a whole variety of like selections to listen to when you work, right? So this lo-fi music helps me get into a very calm, groovy, productive mode. I think that's just what my mind is attuned to. And then I start to work very subconsciously. I get to get into the deep work, right? And to shut off, I typically switch from lo-fi to binaural beats. So lately, I've been crazy about binaural beats. It is something that med- meditators use a lot. It helps you to kind of like slow your mind down, the frequencies as well. It helps you to kind of put your mind at a very calm state and it helps me to switch off. And of course, you know, spending time with friends also helps you to switch off. I think my weekend trip was amazing in that aspect. I think indulging in something you love as well, especially going outdoors, you know, playing ball, cycling with someone. I think the key thing is having someone do it with you definitely helps you switch off because having someone present really to the effect, right? Yeah, I, I think to that point about, for me, I try to set boundaries with people. So usually what I do in a typical week, right, I'm usually busiest Monday to Wednesday. And I just tell people, like, look, I'm just not going to be available. Like, I'll be working uh, most days. And I just don't even at night, like, I, I would be free. But I just say, look, like, I just need some time to sort of recuperate from the working day. And I kind of set boundaries. And that's actually really good, right? So what I would do is I would just maybe go on walks after work. I would turn my phone on Do Not Disturb. I would just put on a podcast or some light music and just walk around the neighborhood. So part of the plan, like choosing to live in a good neighborhood where it's walkable, uh, where it's enjoyable, not too noisy, not too distracting. And to me, that's kind of my way of switching off. So it depends whether I want to switch off and be alone or switch off and be with friends. So I kind of, I sometimes go back and forth and and to sort of have this a digital diet, right? Not necessarily like going on a diet and not being on Instagram or Facebook for a month, but you might just do that for a few days and like go back on for a day or two. And I think that's... It it's, it's nice as well, like whatever works for the individual. Mm. Actually, I really like your whole idea of like switching off with personally or switching off with friends, right? Yeah, I think that way of looking at it kind of makes it very clear that we can also switch off in both modes, right? It's all about being flexible and just uh, listening to yourself at which time, what do you need 
best? What do you need the most to kind of calm down and so that you have enough energy to continue what you do, right? For the longer term. Yeah, and we had a previous episode, right, on burnout. Yeah, I think exactly. One of the strategies is actually learning how to switch off, to be like, these are my boundaries. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's a way to recuperate so that you could actually function better when you switch back on. Exactly. Amazing. All right, I think it's almost the hour and practicing our element of switching off. I think here's probably a very good place to end the show today. As always, you know, if you enjoy this episode, please hit us a follow if you're on Spotify so you get future updates on whenever we post another episode up. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this podcast, please hop onto our iTunes to give us a five-star rating and review. And we're always looking for new topics to cover. So if you want to talk to us about anything, drop us in on an Instagram at the other way cast and let us know what our next episode should be. Right. So it's been an amazing time today. You know, I hope you guys have an amazing day ahead. God bless you guys. Till next time. Bye bye. Take care.